Well, we begin in week seven of the Bible in a year, going through this chronologically. Um, we've gone through Genesis, Exodus, we're into Numbers, um, and we'll be going through Leviticus as well a little bit of this week. Sometimes some of that can be hard going, but hopefully you'll be able to stick with it, and hopefully you'll find as we go through, it's it's interesting to to see the ways in which God is commanding his people and and showing them what to do and showing himself to them. Um, so today we start at day 43. We'll actually look at, at Exodus for the first little bit before we go into Numbers. Um, and hope you enjoy. Day 43, Exodus 40 verse 16. Moses did everything just as the Lord had commanded him. The tabernacle was set up in the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month. Moses set up the tabernacle... He laid its bases, positioned its planks, inserted its crossbars and set up its posts. Then he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering in the tent on top of it, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Moses took the testimony and placed it in the ark and attached the poles to the ark. He set the mercy seat on top of the ark. He brought the ark into the tabernacle, put up the veil for the screen and screened off the ark of the testimony, just as the Lord had commanded him. Moses placed the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle, outside the veil. He arranged the bread on it before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. He also put the lampstand in the tent of meeting, opposite the table on the south side of the tabernacle, and set up the lamps before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded him. Moses also installed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the veil, and burned fragrant incense on it, just as the Lord had commanded him. He put up the screen at the entrance to the tabernacle. Then he placed the altar of burnt offering at the entrance to the tabernacle, the tent of meeting, and offered the burnt offering and the grain offering on it, just as the Lord had commanded him. He set the basin between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing. Moses, Aaron, and his sons washed their hands and feet from it. They washed whenever they came to the tent of meeting and approached the altar, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Next, Moses set up the surrounding courtyard for the tabernacle and the altar and hung a screen for the gate of the courtyard. So Moses finished the work. And then we go into Numbers. The Lord spoke to Moses, speak to Aaron and tell him, When you set up the lamps, the seven lamps are to give light in front of the lampstand. So Aaron did this. He set up its lamps to give light in front of the lampstand, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. This is the way the lampstand was made. It was a hammered work of gold hammered from its base to its flower petals. The lampstand was made according to the pattern the Lord had shown Moses. And then we skip back into Exodus 40, 34 and 35. The cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was unable to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud rested on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And then we go back into number 7, verses 1 to 88 for the rest of today. On the day Moses finished setting up the tabernacle, he anointed and consecrated it and all its furnishings along with the altar and all its utensils. After he anointed it and consecrated these things, the leaders of Israel, the heads of their ancestral houses, presented an offering. They were the tribal leaders who supervised the registration. They brought as their offering before the Lord six covered carts and twelve oxen, a cart from every two leaders and an ox from each one, and presented them in front of the tabernacle. The Lord said to Moses, Accept these from them to be used in the work of the tent of meeting, and give this offering to the Levites, to each division according to their service. So Moses took the carts and oxen and gave them to the Levites. 
He gave the Gershonites two carts and four oxen corresponding to their service, and gave the Merorites four carts and eight oxen corresponding to their service, under the direction of Ithamar, son of Aaron the priest. But he did not give any to the Kohathites, since their responsibility was service related to the holy objects carried on their shoulders. The leaders also presented the dedication gift for the altar when it was anointed. The leaders presented their offerings in front of the altar. The Lord told Moses, Each day have one leader present his offering for the dedication of the altar. The one who presented his offering on the first day was Nashon, son of Amimnabad, from the tribe of Judah. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds, and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold bowl weighing four ounces full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats, and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Nashon, son of Aminabad. On the second day, Nathaniel, son of Zuar, leader of Ishkar, presented an offering. As his offering, he presented one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds, and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. Both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering. One gold bowl weighing four ounces full of incense. One young bull, one ram and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering. One male goat for a sin offering. And two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Nathaniel, son of Zuar. On the third day, Eliab, son of Helon, leader of the Zebulonites, presented an offering. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds measured by the standard sanctuary shekel, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold bowl weighing four ounces full of incense, one young bull, one ram and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering and two bulls, five rams five male breeding goats and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Eliab, son of Helon. On the fourth day, Eliezer, son of Sheadar, leader of the Reubenites, presented an offering. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. Both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering. One gold bowl weighing four ounces full of incense, one young bull, one ram and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Eliezer son of Shudder. On the fifth day, Shelemiel son of Zurishadi, leader of the Simeonites, presented an offering. His offering was, surprise, surprise, one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds, and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold bowl weighing four ounces full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats, and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Shulmiel, son of Zurashadi.
On the sixth day, Eliasaph, son of Deol, leader of the Gadites, presented an offering. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds, and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. Both of them full of flying, flying flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold bowl weighing four ounces full of incense, one young bull, one ram and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats, and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Elisaph, son of Deol. On the seventh day, Elishima, son of Amahud, son of the Ephraimites, presented an offering. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds, and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. Both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering. One gold bowl weighing four ounces full of incense. One young bull, one ram and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering. One male goat for a sin offering. And two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Elishama son of Amahud. On the eighth day, Gamaliel, son of Pedahuzer, leader of the Manasites, presented an offering. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. Both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering. One gold bowl weighing four ounces full of incense. One young bull, one ram and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering. One male goat for a sin offering and two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats, and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Gamaliel, son of Pedahuzer. On the ninth day, Abadan, son of Gideonai, leader of the Benjaminites, presented an offering. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds, and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering. One gold bowl weighing four ounces full of incense, one young bull, one ram and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering. One male goat for a sin offering and two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Abadan son of Gideonai. On the tenth day, Aizer son of Amashadi, leader of the Danites, presented an offering. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering. One gold bowl weighing four ounces, full of incense, one young bull, one ram and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Aizer son of Ashmahari. On the eleventh day, Pagiel son of Okran, leader of the Asherites, presented an offering. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds, and one silver basin weighing one three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. Both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering. One gold bowl wearing four ounces full of incense. One young bull one ram and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats, and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Pagel, son of Okran.
On the twelfth day, Hahiri, son of Enan, leader of the Nephilites, presented an offering. His offering was one silver dish weighing three and a quarter pounds and one silver basin weighing one and three quarter pounds, measured by the standard sanctuary shekel, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil for a grain offering, one gold bowl weighing four ounces, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, and two bulls, five rams, five male breeding goats, and five male lambs a year old for the fellowship sacrifice. This was the offering of Ahiri, son of Enan. This was the dedication gift from the leaders of Israel for the altar when it was anointed. Twelve silver dishes, twelve silver basins, and twelve gold bowls. Each silver dish weighed three and a quarter pounds, and each basin one and three quarter pounds. The total weight of the silver articles was sixty pounds measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. The twelve gold bowls full of incense each weighed four ounces measured by the standard sanctuary shekel. The total weight of the gold bowls was three pounds. All the livestock for the burnt offering totaled twelve bulls, twelve rams and twelve male lambs a year old, with their grain offerings and twelve male goats for the sin offering. All the livestock for the fellowship sacrifice totaled twenty-four bulls, sixty rams, sixty male breeding goats and sixty male lambs a year old. This was the dedication gift for the altar after it was anointed. And that was the end of day 43. And I'm sure, like you, you felt like saying in a partridge in a pear tree at the end of it. But that details all the gifts and the dedication gifts from the leaders of Israel on day 43. The Bible in a year, day 44, was still going through... Um, mostly Leviticus at the minute, um, with some numbers and other bits thrown in, and we'd listen to the gifts that the the priests had given, and we go into Numbers chapter seven verse eighty nine. When Moses entered the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the ark of the testimony, from between the two cherubim. He spoke to him that way, and then Numbers three one to three. These are the family records of Aaron and Moses at the time the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. These are the names of Aaron's sons, Nadab the firstborn, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar. These are the names of Aaron's sons, the anointed priests who were ordained to serve as priests. In Leviticus 7.35, and we go through to, to the end of chapter 9. This is the portion from the fire offerings to the Lord for Aaron and his sons, since the day they were presented to serve the Lord as priests. The Lord commanded this to be given to them by the Israelites on the day he anointed them. It is a permanent portion throughout their generations. The Lord spoke to Moses, Take Aaron, his sons with him, the garments, the anointing oil, the bull of the sin offering, the two rams and the basket of unleavened bread, and assemble the whole community at the entrance to the tent of meeting. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and the community assembled at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Moses said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded to be done. Then Moses presented Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. He put the tunic on Aaron, wrapped the sash around him, clothed him with the robe and put the ephod on him. He put the woven band of the ephod around and fastened it to him. Then he put the breastpiece on him and placed the Urim and Thummim into the breastpiece. He also put the turban on his head and placed the plate of gold, the holy diadem, on the front of the turban as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and everything in it to consecrate them. 
he sprinkled some of the oil in the altar seven times, anointing the altar with all its utensils, and the basin with its stand to consecrate them. He poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head, and anointed and consecrated him. Then Moses presented Aaron's sons, clothed them with tunics, wrapped sashes around them, and fastened headbands on them, as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he brought the bull near for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull for the sin offering. Then Moses slaughtered it, took the blood, and applied it with his fingers to the horns of the altar on all sides, purifying the altar. He poured out the blood at the base of the altar, and consecrated it by making atonement for it. Moses took all the fat that was on the entrails, the fatty lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys with their fat, and he burned them on the altar. He burned up the bull with its hide, flesh, and dung outside the camp as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he presented the ram for the burnt offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. Moses slaughtered it and sprinkled the blood on all sides of the altar. Moses cut the ram into pieces and burned the head, the pieces, and the suet, but he washed the entrails and shanks with water. He then burned the entire ram on the altar. It was a burnt offering for a pleasing aroma, a fire offering to the Lord as he had commanded Moses. Next he presented the second ram, the ram of ordination, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. Moses slaughtered it, took some of its blood, and put it on Aaron's right earlobe, on the right on the thumb of his right hand, and also on the big toe of his right foot. Moses presented Aaron's sons and put some of the blood on their right earlobes, on the thumbs of their right hands, and on the big toes of their right feet. Then Moses sprinkled the blood on all sides of the altar. He took the fat, the fat tail, all the fat that was on the entrails, the fatty lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys with their fat, as well as the right thigh. From the basket of unleavened bread that was before the Lord, he took one cake of unleavened bread, one cake of bread made with oil, and one wafer, and placed them on the fat portions in the right thigh. He put all these in the hands of Aaron and his sons and waved them before the Lord as a presentation offering. Then Moses took them from their hands and burned them in the altar with the burnt offering. This was an ordination offering for a pleasing aroma, a fire pleasing to the Lord. He also took the breast and waved it before the Lord as a presentation offering. It was Moses' portion of the ordination ram, as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood that was on the altar, and sprinkled them on Aaron and his garments, as well as on his sons and their garments. In this way he consecrated Aaron and his garments, as well as his sons and their garments. Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Boil the meat at the entrance to the tent of meeting, and eat it there with the bread that is in the basket for the ordination offering, as I commanded. Aaron and his sons are to eat it. You must burn up what remains of the meat and bread. You must not go outside the entrance to the tent of meeting for seven days, until the time your days of ordination are completed, because it will take seven days to ordain you. The Lord commanded what has been done today in order to make atonement for you. You must remain at the entrance to the tent of meeting, day and night for seven days, and keep the Lord's charge, so that you will not die, for this is what I I was commanded. So Aaron and his sons did everything the Lord had commanded through Moses. On the eighth day, Moses summoned Aaron, his sons, and the elders of Israel. He said to Aaron, Take a young bull for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, both without blemish, and present them before the Lord. And tell the Israelites, 
Take a male goat for a sin offering, a calf and a lamb, male yearlings without blemish for a burnt offering, an ox and a ram for a fellowship offering to sacrifice before the Lord, and a grain offering mixed with oil. For today the Lord is going to appear to you. They brought what Moses had commanded to the front of the tent of meeting, and the whole community came forward and stood before the Lord. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded you to do, that the glory of the Lord may appear to you. Then Moses said to Aaron, Approach the altar and sacrifice your sin offering and your burnt offering. Make atonement for yourself and the people. Sacrifice the people's offering and make atonement for them as the Lord commanded. So Aaron approached the altar and slaughtered the calf as a sin offering for himself. Aaron's sons brought the blood to him and he dipped his finger in the blood and applied it to the horns of the altar. He poured out the blood at the base of the altar. He burned the fat, the kidneys and the fatty lobe of the liver from the sin offering on the altar as the Lord had commanded Moses. He burned up the flesh and the hide outside the camp. Then he slaughtered the burnt offering. Aaron's sons brought him the blood and he sprinkled it on all sides of the altar. They brought him the burnt offering piece by piece, along with the head, and he burned them on the altar. He washed the entrails and the shanks and burned them with the burnt offering on the altar. Aaron presented the people's offering. He took the male goat for the people's sin offering, slaughtered it, and made a sin offering with it, as he did before. He presented the burnt offering and sacrificed it according to the regulation. Next he presented the grain offering, took a handful of it and burned it on the altar in addition to the morning burnt offering. Finally he slaughtered the ox and the ram as the people's fellowship sacrifice. Aaron's sons brought him the blood and he sprinkled it on all sides of the altar. They also brought the fat portions from the ox and the ram, the fat tail, the fat surrounding the entrails, the kidneys and the fatty lobe of the liver and placed these on the breasts. Aaron burned the fat portions in the altar, but he waved the breasts and the right thigh as a presentation offering before the Lord, as Moses had commanded. Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them. He came down after sacrificing the sin offering, the burnt offering and the fellowship offering. Moses and Aaron then entered the tent of meeting. When they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. Fire came out from the Lord and consumed the burnt offering and the fat portions in the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell face down on the ground. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, each took his own fire pan, put fire in it, placed incense on it, and presented unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them to do. The flames leaped from the Lord's presence and burned them to death before the Lord. So Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord meant when he said, I will show my holiness to those who are near me, and I will reveal my glory before all the people. But Aaron remained silent. Moses summoned Mishael and Elasaphan, sons of Aaron's uncle Uziel, and said to them, Come here and carry your relatives away from the front of the sanctuary to a place outside the camp. So they came forward and carried them in their tunics outside the camp, and Moses had said, then Moses said to his Aaron and his sons, Eliezer and Nithamar, Do not let your hair hang loose and do not tear your garments or else you will die and the Lord will become angry with the whole community. However, your brothers, the whole house of Israel, may mourn over that tragedy when the Lord sent the fire. You must not go outside the entrance to the tent of meeting or you will die for the Lord's anointing is oil is on you. So they did as Moses said. 
And then Numbers 3 verse 4. But Nadab and Abihu died in the Lord's presence when they presented unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. And they had no sons. So Eliezer and Ithamar served as priests under the direction of Aaron their father. And Moses 26. Numbers 26 61. But Nadab and Abihu died when they presented unauthorized fire before the Lord. There we end day 44. day 45 and we're going through more of Leviticus um, and we'll be starting off at chapter 16 and going through a few chapters 16 and 17 and then we skip back into chapter 1 and begin the chronological through chapter 1 um, and this is essentially because where we left off yesterday where Aaron makes atonement for the people and so we begin with the day of atonement in Leviticus chapter 16 Leviticus 16 Verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of two of Aaron's sons when they approached the presence of the Lord and died. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he may not come whenever he wants into the holy place behind the veil in front of the mercy seat on the ark, or else he will die, because I appear in the cloud before and above the mercy seat. Aaron is to enter the most holy place in this way, with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to wear a holy linen tunic, and his linen undergarments are to be on his body. He must tie a linen sash around him, and wrap his head with a linen turban. These are holy garments. He must bathe his body with water before he wears them. He is to take from the Israelite community two male goats for a sin offering, and one ram for a burnt offering. Aaron will present the bull for his sin offering, and make atonement for himself and his household. Next he will take the two goats and place them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. After Aaron cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for Azazel, he is to present the goat chosen by lot for the Lord and sacrifice it as a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot for Azazel is to be presented alive before the Lord to make purification with it by sending it into the wilderness for Azazel. When Aaron presents the bull for his sin offering and makes atonement for himself and his household, he will slaughter the bull for his sin offering. Then he must take a fire pan full of fiery coals from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and bring them inside the veil. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord so that the cloud of incense covers the mercy seat that is over the testimony or else he will die. He is to take some of the blood's bull, the blood's bull, the bull's blood, and sprinkle it with his finger against the east side of the mercy seat. Then he will sprinkle some of the blood with his finger before the mercy seat seven times, when he slaughters the male goat for the people's sin offering, and brings its blood inside the veil. He must do the same with its blood as he did with the bull's blood. He is to sprinkle it against the mercy seat and in front of him. He will purify the most holy place in this way for all their sins because of the Israelites' impurities and rebellious acts. He will do the same for the tent of meeting that remains among them because it is surrounded by their impurities. No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the most holy place until he leaves after he has made atonement for himself, his household and the whole assembly of Israel. Then he will go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. He is to take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on the horns of all sides of the altar. 
He is to sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times to cleanse and set it apart from the Israelites' impurities. When he has finished purifying the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar, he is to present the live meal goat. Aaron will lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the Israelites' wrongdoings and rebellious acts, all their sins. He is to put them on the goat's head and send it away into the wilderness by the man appointed for the task. The goat will carry on it all their wrongdoings into a desolate land and he will release it there. Then Aaron is to enter the tent of meeting, take off the linen garments he wore when he entered the most holy place and leave them there. He will bathe his body with water in a holy place and put on his clothes. Then he must go out and sacrifice his burnt offering and the people's burnt offering. He will make atonement for himself and for the people. He is to burn the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man who released the goat for Azazel is to wash his clothes and bathe his body with water. Afterwards he may re-enter the camp. The bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering whose blood was brought into the most holy place to make atonement, must be brought outside the camp and their hide, flesh and dung burned up. The one who burns them is to wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterwards he may re-enter the camp. This is to be a permanent statute for you. In the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you are to practice self-denial and do no work, both the native and the foreigner who resides among you. Atonement will be made for you on this day to cleanse you, and you will be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It is a Sabbath of complete rest for you, and you must practice self-denial. It is a permanent statute. The priest who is anointed and ordained to serve as high priest in place of his father will make atonement. He will put on the linen garments, the holy garments, and purify the most holy place. He will purify the tent of meeting and the altar and will make atonement for the priests and all the people of the assembly. This is to be a permanent statute for you, to make atonement for the Israelites once a year because of all their sins. And all this was done as the Lord commanded Moses. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to Aaron, his sons, and all the Israelites and tell them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Anyone from the house of Israel who slaughters an ox, sheep, or goat in the camp or slaughters it outside the camp instead of bringing it to the entrance to the, of the tent of meeting to present it as an offering to the Lord before this tabernacle. That person will be charged with murder. He has shed blood and must be cut off from his people. This is so the Israelites will bring to the Lord the sacrifices they have been offering in the open country. They are to bring them to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting and offer them as fellowship sacrifices to the Lord. The priest will then sprinkle the blood on the Lord's altar at the entrance to the tent of meeting and burn the fat as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. They must no longer offer their sacrifices to the goat demons that they have prostituted themselves with. This will be a permanent statute for them throughout their generations. Say to them, anyone from the house of Israel or from the foreigners who live among them who offers a burnt offering or a sacrifice but does not bring it to the entrance to the tent of meeting to sacrifice it to the Lord, that person must be cut off from his people. Anyone from the house of Israel or for, from the foreigners who live among them who eats any blood, I will turn against that person who eats blood and cut him off from his people. For the life of a creature is in its blood, and I have appointed it to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives, since it is the lifeblood that makes atonement. 
Therefore I say to the Israelites, None of you and no foreigner who lives among you may eat blood. Any Israelite or foreigner living among them who hunts down a wild animal or bird that may be eaten must drain its blood and cover it with dirt. Since the life of every creature is its blood, I have told the Israelites, you must not eat the blood of any creature, because the life of every creature is its blood. Whoever eats it must be cut off. Every person, whether the native or the foreigner, who eats an animal that died a natural death or was mauled by wild beasts is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. He will be clean. But if he does not wash his clothes and bathe himself, he will bear his punishment. And then we go into Leviticus chapter 7. This is the law for the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the restitution offering, the ordination offering, and the fellowship sacrifice which the Lord commanded Moses on Mount Sinai on the day he commanded the Israelites to present their offerings to the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Then we go actually back to the very start of Leviticus 1 verse 1 and through 17. Then the Lord summoned Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meeting. Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When any of you brings an offering to the Lord from the livestock, you may bring your offering from the herd or the flock. If his gift is a burnt offering from the herd, he is to bring an unblemished meal. He must bring it to the entrance to the tent of meeting so that he may be accepted by the Lord. He is to lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering so it can be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He is to slaughter the bull before the Lord. Aaron's sons, the priests, are to present the blood and sprinkle it on all sides of the altar that is at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Then he must skin the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, will prepare a fire in the altar and arrange wood in the fire. Aaron's sons, the priests, are to arrange the pieces, the head, and the suet on top of the burning wood in the altar. The offerer must wash its entrails and its shanks with water, then the priest will burn all of it on the altar as a burnt offering, a fire offering of a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But if his gift for a burnt offering is from the flock, from sheep or goats, he is to present an unblemished meal. He will slaughter it on the north side of the altar before the Lord. Aaron's sons, the priest, will sprinkle its blood against the altar on all sides. He will cut it into pieces with its head and its suet, and the priest will arrange them on top of the burning wood in the altar. But he is to wash its entrails and shanks with water. The priest will then present all of it and burn it on the altar. It is a burnt offering, a fire offering of a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If his gift to the Lord is a burnt offering of birds, he is to present his offering from the turtle doves or young pigeons. Then the priest must bring it to the altar and must twist off its head and burn it on the altar. Its blood should be drained at the side of the altar. He will remove its digestive tract cutting off the tail feathers and throw it on the east side of the altar at the place for ashes. He will tear it open by its wings without dividing the bird. Then the priest is to burn it on the altar on top of the burning wood. It is a burnt offering, a fire offering of a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And then we go into Leviticus 6. The Lord spoke to Moses, Command Aaron and his sons. This is the law of the burnt offering. The burnt offering itself must remain on the altar's hearth all night until morning, while the fire of the altar is kept burning on it. The priest is to put on his linen robe and linen undergarments. He is to remove the ashes of the burnt offering the fire has consumed in the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he must take off his garments, 
put on other clothes and bring the ashes outside the camp to a ceremonially clean place. The fire on the altar is to be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest will burn wood in the fire. He is to arrange the burnt offering in the fire and burn the fat portions from the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continually. It must not go out. And there we day and day 45. So day 46, as we continue through Leviticus, uh, and this time we kind of chronologically move through Leviticus 2, 3 and 4, adding in a couple of bits from 6 and 7. That's, uh, that's the way it goes. Leviticus 2, starting at verse 1. When anyone presents a grain offering as a gift to the Lord, his gift must consist of fine flour. He is to pour olive oil on it, put frankincense on it, and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. The priest will take a handful of fine flour and oil from it, along with all its frankincense, and will burn this memorial portion of it on the altar, a fire offering of a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But the rest of the grain offering will belong to Aaron and his sons, the holiest part of the fire offerings to the Lord. When you present a grain offering baked in an oven, it must be made of fine flour, either unleavened cakes mixed with oil or unleavened wafers coated with oil. If your gift is a grain offering prepared in the griddle, it must be unleavened bread made of fine flour mixed with oil. Break it into pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your gift is a grain offering prepared in a pan, it must be made of fine flour with oil. When you bring to the Lord the grain offering made in any of these ways, it is to be presented to the priest and he will take it to the altar. The priest will remove the memorial portion from the grain offering and burn it on the altar, a fire offering of a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But the rest of the grain offering will belong to Aaron and his sons, the holiest part of the fire offerings to the Lord. No grain offering that you present to the Lord is to be made with yeast, for you are not to burn any yeast or honey as a fire offering to the Lord. You must present them to the Lord as an offering of first fruits, but they are not to be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma. You are to season each of your grain offerings with salt. You must not omit from your grain offering the salt of the covenant with your God. You are to present salt with each of your offerings. If you present a grain offering of first fruits to the Lord, you must present fresh heads of grain, crushed kernels, roasted in the fire, for your grain offering of first fruits. You are to put oil and frankincense on it. It is a grain offering. The priest will then burn some of its crushed kernels with and oil with all its frankincense as a fire offering to the Lord. Then we go into Leviticus 6 concerning the grain offering. Now this is the law of the grain offering. Aaron's sons will present it before the Lord in front of the altar. The priest is to remove a handful of fine flour and olive oil from the grain offering with all its frankincense that is on the offering and burn its memorial portion on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Aaron and his sons may eat the rest of it. It is to be eaten as unleavened bread in a holy place. They are to eat it in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. It must not be baked with yeast. I have assigned it as the portion from my fire offerings. It is especially holy, like the sin offering and the restitution offering. Any male among Aaron's descendants may eat it. It is a permanent portion throughout your generations from the fire offerings to the Lord. Anything that touches the offerings will become holy. The Lord spoke to Moses, This is the offering that Aaron and his sons must present to the Lord on the day that he is anointed. 
two quarts of fine flour as a regular grain offering, half of it in the morning and half in the evening. It is to be prepared with oil on a griddle. You are to bring it well kneaded. You must present it as a grain offering of baked pieces, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The priest who is of Aaron's sons and will be appointed to take his place is to prepare it. It must be completely burned as a permanent portion for the Lord. Every grain offering for a priest will be a whole burnt offering. It is not to be eaten. And then back in Leviticus 3. If his offering is a fellowship sacrifice and he is presenting an animal from the herd, whether male or female, he must present one without blemish before the Lord. He is to lay his hand on the head of his offering and slaughter it at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Then Aaron's sons, the priests, will sprinkle the blood on all sides of the altar. He will present part of the fellowship sacrifice as a fire offering to the Lord. The fat surrounding the entrails, all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat on them at the loins. He will also remove the fatty lobe of the liver with the kidneys. Aaron's sons will burn it on the altar along with the burnt offering that is on the burning wood, a fire offering of a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If his offering as a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord is from the flock, he must present a male or female without blemish. If he was presenting a lamb for his offering, he is to present it before the Lord. He must lay his hand on the head of his offering and then slaughter it before the tent of meeting. Aaron's sons will sprinkle its blood on all sides of the altar. He will then present part of the fellowship sacrifice as a fire offering to the Lord, consisting of its fat and the entire fat tail, which he is to remove close to the backbone. He will also remove the fat surrounding the entrails, all the fat on the entrails, the two kidneys with fat on them at the loins, and the fatty lobe of the liver above the kidneys. Then the priest will burn it on the altar as food, a fire offering to the Lord. If his offering is a goat, he is to present it before the Lord. He must lay its hand on its head and slaughter it before the tent of meeting. Aaron's sons will sprinkle its blood on all sides of the altar. He will present part of his offering as a fire offering to the Lord. The fat surrounding the entrails, all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat on them at the loins, he will also remove the fatty lobe of the liver with the kidneys. Then the priest will burn them on the altar as food, a fire offering for a pleasing aroma. All fat belongs to the Lord. This is a permanent statute throughout your generations, wherever you live. You must not eat any fat or any blood. And then in Leviticus chapter 7. Now this is the law of the fellowship sacrifice that someone may present to the Lord. If he presents it for thanksgiving in addition to the thanksgiving sacrifice, he is to present unleavened cakes mixed with olive oil, unleavened wafers coated with oil, and well-kneaded cakes of fine flour mixed with oil. He is to present as his offering cakes of leavened bread with his thanksgiving sacrifice of fellowship. From the cakes he must present one portion of each offering as a contribution to the Lord. It will belong to the priest who sprinkles the blood of the fellowship offering. It is his. The meat of his thanksgiving sacrifice of fellowship must be eaten on the day he offers it. He may not leave any of it until morning. If the sacrifice he offers is a vow or a free will offering, it is to be eaten on the day he presents his sacrifice, and what is left over may be eaten on the next day. But what remains of the sacrificial meat by the third day must be burned up. If any of the meat of his fellowship sacrifice is eaten on the third day, it will not be accepted. It will not be credited to the one who presents it. It is repulsive. 
The person who eats any of it will be guilty. Meat that touches anything unclean must not be eaten. It is to be burned up. Anyone who is clean may eat any other meat, but the one who eats meat from the Lord's fellowship sacrifice while he is unclean, that person must be cut off from his people. If someone touches anything unclean, whether human uncleanness, an unclean animal, or any unclean detestable creature, and eats meat from the Lord's fellowship sacrifice, that person must be cut off from his people. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You are not to eat any fat of an ox, a sheep, or a goat. The fat of an animal that dies naturally or is mauled by wild beasts may be used for any purpose, but you must not eat it. If anyone eats animal fat from a fire offering presented to the Lord, the person who eats it must be cut off from his people. Wherever you live, you must not eat the blood of any bird or animal. Whoever eats any blood, that person must be cut off from his people. The Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites, The one who presents a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord must bring an offering to the Lord from his sacrifice. His own hands will bring the fire offerings to the Lord. He will bring the fat together with the breast. The breast is to be waved as a presentation offering before the Lord. The priest is to burn the fat on the altar, but the breast belongs to Aaron and his sons. You are to give the right thigh to the priest as a contribution from your fellowship sacrifices. The son of Aaron who presents the blood of the fellowship offering and the fat will have the right thigh as a portion. I have taken from the Israelites the breast of the presentation offering and the thigh of the contribution from their fellowship sacrifices and have assigned them to Aaron and the priest and his sons as a permanent portion from the Israelites. This is the portion from the fire offerings to the Lord for Aaron and his sons since the day they were presented to serve the Lord as priests. The Lord commanded this to be given to them by the Israelites on the day he anointed them. It is a permanent portion throughout their generations. And then into Leviticus 4, 1-12. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, when someone sins unintentionally against any of the Lord's commands, and does anything prohibited by them, if the anointed priest sins bringing guilt on the people, he is to present to the Lord a young unblemished bull as a sin offering for the sin he has committed. He must bring the bull to the entrance to the tent of meeting before the Lord, lay his hand on the bull's head and slaughter it before the Lord. The anointed priest must then take some of the bull's blood and bring it into the tent of meeting. The priest is to dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle some of it seven times before the Lord in front of the veil of the sanctuary. The priest must apply some of the blood to the horns of the altar of fragrant incense that is before the Lord in the tent of meeting. He must pour out the rest of the bull's blood at the base of the altar of burnt offering that is at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to remove all the fat from the bull of the sin offering, the fat surrounding the entrails, all the fat that is on the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat on them at the loins. He will also remove the fatty lobe of the liver with the kidneys, just as the fat is removed from the ox of the fellowship sacrifice. The priest is to burn them on the altar of burnt offering, but the hide of the bull and all its flesh, with its head and shanks and its entrails and dung, all the rest of the bull he must bring to a ceremonially clean place outside the camp to the ash heap and must burn it on a wood fire. It is to be burned at the ash heap. And there we end day 46. Day 47, as we continue through, through the start of Leviticus. Leviticus 4, 
uh, and we go through four, five, six, um, a little bit of geometry around and then into ten as well. So starting at Leviticus four thirteen. Now, if the whole community of Israel errs, and the matter escapes the notice of the assembly, so that they violate any of the Lord's commands and incur guilt by doing what is prohibited, then the assembly must present a young bull as a sin offering. When the sin they have committed in regard to the command becomes known, they are to bring it before the tent of meeting. The elders of the assembly are to lay their hands on the bull's head before the Lord, and it is to be slaughtered before the Lord. The anointed priest will bring some of the bull's blood into the tent of meeting. The priest is to dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord in front of the veil. He is to apply some of the blood to the horns of the altar that is before the Lord in the tent of meeting. He must pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar of burnt offering that is at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to remove all the fat from it and burn it on the altar. He is to offer this bull just as he did with the bull in the sin offering. He will offer it the same way. So the priest will make atonement on their behalf and they will be forgiven. Then he will bring the bull outside the camp and burn it just as he burned the first bull. It is the sin offering for the assembly. When a leader sins and unintentionally violates any of the commands of the Lord his God by doing what is prohibited and incurs guilt, or someone informs him about the sin he has committed, he is to bring an unblemished male goat as his offering. He is to lay his hand on the head of the goat and slaughter it at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered before the Lord. It is a sin offering. Then the priest must take some of the blood from the sin offering with his finger and apply it to the horns of the altar of burnt offering. The rest of its blood he must pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering. He must burn all its fat in the altar like the fat of the fellowship sacrifice. In this way the priest will make atonement on his behalf for that person's sin and he will be forgiven. Now if any of the common people sins unintentionally by violating one of the Lord's commands, does what is prohibited and incurs guilt, or if someone informs him about the sin he has committed, then he is to bring an unblemished female goat as his offering for the sin that he has committed. He is to lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter it at the place of burnt offering. Then the priest must take some of its blood with his finger and apply it to the horns of the altar of burnt offering. He must pour out the rest of its blood at the base of the altar. He is to remove all its fat, just as the fat is removed from the fellowship sacrifice. The priest is to burn it on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. In this way the priest will make atonement on his behalf and he will be forgiven. Or if the offering that he brings as a sin offering is a lamb, he is to bring an unblemished female. He is to lay his hand on the head of the sin offering and slaughter it as a sin offering at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. Then the priest must take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and apply it to the horns of the altar of burnt offering. He must pour out the rest of its blood at the base of the altar. He is to remove all its fat, just as the fat of the lamb is removed from the fellowship sacrifice. The priest will burn it on the altar, along with the fire offerings to the Lord. In this way the priest will make atonement on his behalf for the sin he has committed, and he will be forgiven. And then into Leviticus 6, 24-30. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is the law of the sin offering. The sin offering is most holy and must be slaughtered before the Lord at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered. The priest who offers it as a sin offering is to eat it. It must be eaten in a holy place, in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. Anything that touches its flesh will become holy, and if any of its blood splatters on a garment, then you must wash that garment in a holy place. A clay pot in which the sin offering is boiled must be broken. 
If it is boiled in a bronze vessel, it must be scarred and rinsed with water. Any meal among the priests may eat it. It is especially holy. But no sin offering may be eaten if its blood has been brought into the tent of meeting to make atonement in the holy place. It must be burned up. And then back into Leviticus 5. When someone sins in any of these ways, if he has seen, heard, or known about something he has witnessed, and did not respond to a public call to testify, he is guilty. Or if someone touches anything unclean, a carcass or a, of a, an unclean wild animal, or unclean livestock, or an unclean swarming creature, without being aware of it, he is unclean and guilty. Or if he touches human uncleanness, any uncleanness by which one can become defiled, without being aware of it but later recognises it, he is guilty. Or if someone swears rashly to do what is good or evil, concerning anything a person may speak rashly in an oath, without being aware of it but later recognises it, he incurs guilt in such an instance. If someone incurs guilt in one of these cases, he is to confess he has committed that sin. He must bring his restitution for the sin he has committed to the Lord. A female lamb or goat from the flock is a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement on his behalf for his sin. But if he cannot afford an animal from the flock, then he may bring to the Lord two turtle doves or two young pigeons as restitution for his sin. One is a sin offering and the other is a burnt offering. He is to bring them to the priest who will first present that one for the sin offering. He must twist its head at the back of the neck without severing it. Then he will sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering on the side of the altar while the rest of the blood is to be drained out at the base of the altar. It is a sin offering. He must prepare the second bird as a burnt offering according to the regulation. In this way the priest will make atonement on his behalf for the sin he has committed and he will be forgiven. But if he cannot afford two turtle doves or two young pigeons, he may bring two quarts of fine flour as an offering for his sin. He must not put olive oil or frankincense on it, for it is a sin offering. He is to bring it to the priest, who will take a handful from it as a memorial portion and burn it on the altar, along with the fire offerings to the Lord. It is a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement on his behalf concerning the sin he has committed in any of these cases, and he will be forgiven. The rest will belong to the priest like the grain offering. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, If someone offends by sinning unintentionally in regard to any of the Lord's holy things, he must bring his restitution offering to the Lord, an unblemished ram from the flock by your valuation in silver shekels, according to the sanctuary shekel, as a restitution offering. He must make restitution for his sin regarding any holy thing, adding a fifth of its value to it, and give it to the priest. Then the priest will make atonement on his behalf with the ram of the restitution offering, and he will be forgiven. If someone sins and without knowing it violates any of the Lord's commands concerning anything prohibited, he bears the consequences of his guilt. He must bring an unblemished ram from the flock according to your valuation as a restitution offering to the priest. Then the priest will make atonement on his behalf for the error he has committed unintentionally, and he will be forgiven. It is a restitution offering. He is indeed guilty before the Lord. The Lord spoke to Moses, When someone sins and offends the Lord by deceiving his neighbour in regard to a deposit, a security, or a robbery, or defrauds his neighbour, or finds something lost and lies about it, or swears falsely about any of the sinful things a person may do, once he has sinned and acknowledged his guilt, he must return what he stole or defrauded, 
or the deposit entrusted to him, or the lost item he found, or anything else about which he swore falsely. He must make full restitution for it, and add a fifth of its value to it. He is to pay it to its owner on the day he acknowledges his guilt. Then he must bring his restitution offering to the Lord, an unblemished ram from the flock, according to your valuation, as a restitution offering to the priest. In this way the priest will make atonement on his behalf before the Lord, and he will be forgiven for anything he may have done to incur guilt. And then into Leviticus chapter 7, 1 to 10. Now this is the law of the restitution offering. It is especially holy. The restitution offering must be slaughtered at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered, and the priest is to sprinkle its blood on all sides of the altar. The offerer must present all the fat from it, the fat tail, the fat surrounding the entrails, and the two kidneys with the fat on them at the loins. He will also remove the fatty lobe of the liver with the kidneys. The priest will burn them on the altar as a fire offering to the Lord. It is a restitution offering. Any male among the priests may eat it. It is to be eaten in a holy place. It is especially holy. The restitution offering is like the sin offering. The law is the same for both. It belongs to the priest who makes atonement with it. As for the priest who presents someone's burnt offering, the hide of the burnt offering he has presented belongs to him. It is the priest's. Any grain offering that is baked in an oven or prepared in a pan or a griddle belongs to the priest who presents it. It is his. But any grain offering, whether dry or mixed with oil, belongs equally to all of Aaron's sons. And then in Leviticus 10, 8-20 to finish today. The Lord spoke to Aaron, You and your sons are not to drink wine or beer when you enter the tent of meeting, or else you will die. This is a permanent statute throughout your generations. You must distinguish between the holy and the common, and the clean and unclean, and teach the Israelites all the statutes that the Lord has given to them through Moses. Moses spoke to Aaron and his remaining sons, Eliezer and Ithamar, Take the grain offering that is left over from the fire offerings to the Lord, and eat it prepared without yeast beside the altar, because it is especially holy. You must eat it in a holy place, because it is your portion and your sons from the fire offerings to the Lord, for this is what I was commanded. But you and your sons and your daughters may eat the breast of the presentation offering and the thigh of the contribution in any ceremonially clean place. Because these portions have been assigned to you and your children from the Israelites' fellowship sacrifices, they are to bring the thigh of the contribution and the breast of the presentation offering, together with the offerings of fat portions made by fire, to wave as a presentation offering before the Lord. It will belong permanently to you and your children, as the Lord commanded. Later, Moses required, inquired about the male goat of the sin offering, but it, it had already been burned up. He was angry with Eliezer and Ithamar, Aaron's surviving sons, and asked, Why didn't you eat the sin offering in the sanctuary area? For it is especially holy, and he has assigned it to you to take away the guilt of the community and make atonement for them before the Lord. Since its blood was not brought inside the sanctuary, you should have eaten it in the sanctuary area as I commanded. But Aaron replied to Moses, See, today they presented their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord. Since these things have happened to me, if I had eaten the sin offering today, would it have been acceptable in the Lord's sight? When Moses heard this, it was acceptable to him. And there we end day 47. Day 48, just continuing on through Leviticus and the directions to the priests. Today we go through Leviticus 11, 12, 13 and today is fairly straightforward. 
starting at Leviticus chapter 11, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Tell the Israelites, you may eat all these kinds of land animals. You may eat any animal with divided hooves and that, that chews the cud. But among the ones that chew the cud or have hooves, you are not to eat these. The camel, though it chews its cud, does not have hooves, it is unclean for you. The hyrax, though it chews the cud, does not have hooves, it is unclean for you. The hare, though it chews the cud, does not have hooves, it is unclean for you. The pig, though it has divided hooves, does not chew the cud, it is unclean for you. Do not eat any of their meat or touch their carcasses, they are unclean for you. This is what you may eat from all that is in the water. You may eat everything in the water that has fins and scales, whether in the seas or streams, but these are detestable to you. Everything that does not have fins and scales in the seas or streams among all the swarming things and other living creatures in the water, they are to remain detestable to you. You must not eat any of their meat and you must detest their carcasses. Everything in the water that does not have fins and scales will be detestable to you. You are to detest these birds. They must not be eaten because they are detestable. The eagle, the bearded vulture, the black vulture, the kite, the various kinds of falcon, every kind of raven, the ostrich, the short-eared owl, the gull, the various kinds of hawk, the little owl, the cormorant, the long-eared owl, the white owl, the desert owl, the osprey, the stork, the various kinds of heron, the hoopoe and the bat. All winged insects that walk on all fours are to be t detestable to you, but you may eat these kinds of all the winged insects that walk on all fours. Those that have jointed legs above their feet for hopping on the ground, you may eat these. The various kinds of locust, the various kinds of catadid, the various kinds of cricket, and the various kinds of grasshopper. All other winged insects that have four feet are to be detestable to you. These will make you unclean. Whoever touches their carcasses will be unclean until evening, and whoever carries any of their carcasses must wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. All animals that have hooves but do not have a divided hoof and do not chew the cud are unclean for you. Whoever touches them becomes unclean. All the four-footed animals that walk on their paws are unclean for you. Whoever touches their carcasses will be unclean until evening. And anyone who carries their carcasses must wash his clothes and will be unclean until evening. They are unclean for you. These creatures that swarm on the ground are unclean for you. The weasel, the mouse, the various kinds of large lizard, the gecko, the monitor lizard, the common lizard, the skink and the chameleon. These are unclean for you among all the swarming creatures. Whoever touches them when they are dead will be unclean until evening. When any one of them dies and falls on anything, it becomes unclean. Any item of wood, clothing, leather, sackcloth, or any implement used for work. It is to be rinsed with water and will remain unclean until evening. Then it will be clean. If any of them falls into any clay pot, everything in it will become unclean. You must break it. Any edible food coming into contact with that unclean water will become unclean. And any drinkable liquid in any container will become unclean. Anything one of their carcasses falls on will become unclean. If it is an oven or stove, it must be smashed. It is unclean and will remain unclean for you. A spring or cistern containing water will remain clean, but someone who touches a carcass in it will become unclean. If one of their carcasses falls on any seed that is to be sown, it is clean. But if water has been put in the seed and one of their carcasses falls on it, it is unclean for you. 
If one of the animals that you use for food dies, anyone who touches its carcass will be unclean until evening. Anyone who eats some of its carcass must wash his clothes and will be unclean until evening. Anyone who carries its carcass must wash his clothes and will be unclean until evening. All the creatures that swarm on the earth are detestable. They must not be eaten. Do not eat any of the creatures that swarm on the earth. Anything that moves on its belly or walks on all fours or on any feet, for they are detestable. On many feet, sorry, for they are detestable. Do not become contaminated by any creature that swarms. Do not become unclean or defiled by them, for I am the Lord your God. So must you, so you must consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. You must not defile yourselves by any swarming creature that crawls in the ground, for I am the Lord who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God, so you must be holy because I am holy. This is the law concerning animals, birds, all living creatures that move in the water, and all creatures that swarm on the ground, in order to distinguish between the unclean and the clean, between the animals that may be eaten and those that may not be eaten. The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, When a woman becomes pregnant and gives birth to a male child, she will be unclean seven days, as she is during the days of her menstrual impurity. The flesh of his foreskin must be circumcised on the eighth day. She will continue in purification from her bleeding for thirty-three days. She must not touch any holy thing or go into the sanctuary until completing her days of purification. But if she gives birth to a female child, she will be unclean for two weeks, as she is during her menstrual impurity. She will continue in purification from her bleeding for sixty-six days. When her days of purification are complete, whether for a son or daughter, she is to bring to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting a year-old male lamb for a burnt offering, and a young pigeon or a turtle dove for a sin offering. He will present them before the Lord and make atonement on her behalf. She will be clean from her discharge of blood. This is the law for a woman giving birth, whether to a male or female. But if she doesn't have sufficient means for a sheep, she may take two turtle doves or two young pigeons, one for a burn offering and the other for a sin offering. Then the priest will make atonement on her behalf and she will be clean. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, When a person has a swelling, scab or spot on the skin of his body, and it becomes a disease on the skin of his body, he is to be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons the priests. The priests will examine the infection on the skin of his body, if the hair in the infection has turned white and the infection appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a skin disease. After the priest examines him, he must pronounce him unclean. But if the spot on the skin of his body is white and does not appear to be deeper than the skin and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest must quarantine the infected person for seven days. The priest will then re-examine him on the seventh day. If the infection remains unchanged in his sight and has not spread on the skin, the priest must quarantine him for another seven days. The priest will examine him again on the seventh day. If the infection has faded and has not spread on the skin, the priest is to pronounce him clean. It is a scab. The person is to wash his clothes and will become clean. But if the scab spreads further on the skin after he has presented himself to the priest for his cleansing, he must present himself again to the priest. The priest will examine him, and if the scab has spread on the skin, then the priest must pronounce him unclean. He has a skin disease. When a skin disease develops in a person, he is to be brought to the priest. The priest will examine him. 
if there is a white swelling in the skin that has turned the hair white and there is a patch of raw flesh in the swelling, it is a chronic disease in the skin of his body and the priest must pronounce him unclean. He need not quarantine him for he is unclean. But if the skin disease breaks out completely over the skin, so that it covers all the skin of the infected person from his head to his feet, so far as the priest can see, the priest will look, and if the skin disease has covered his entire body, he is to pronounce the infected person clean. Since he has turned totally white, he is clean. But whenever raw flesh appears in him, he will be unclean. When the priest examines the raw flesh, he must pronounce him unclean. Raw flesh is unclean, it is a skin disease. But if the raw flesh changes and turns white, he must go to the priest. The priest will examine him, and if the infection has turned white, the priest must pronounce the infected person clean. He is clean. When a boil appears in the skin of one's body and it heals, and a white swelling or a reddish-white spot develops where the boil was, the person must present himself to the priest. The priest will make an examination, and if the spot seems to be beneath the skin, 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 and the hair in it has turned white, the priest must pronounce him unclean. It is a skin disease that has broken out in the boil. But when the priest examines it, if there is no white hair in it, and it is not beneath the skin but is faded, the priest must quarantine him seven days. If it spreads further on the skin, the priest must pronounce him unclean. It is an infection. But if the spot remains where it is and does not spread, it is only the scar from the boil. The priest is to pronounce him clean. When there is a burn in the skin of one's body produced by fire, and the patch made raw by the burn becomes a reddish-white or white spot, the priest is to examine it. If the hair in the spot has turned white and the spot appears to be deeper than the skin, it is a skin disease that has broken out in the burn. The priest must pronounce him unclean. It is a skin disease. But when the priest examines it, if there is no white hair on the spot and it is not beneath the skin but is faded, the priest must quarantine him seven days. The priest will re-examine him on the seventh day. If it has spread further on the skin, the priest must pronounce him unclean. It is a skin disease. But if the spot has remained where it was and has not spread on the skin but is faded, it is the swelling from the burn. The priest is to pronounce him clean for it is only the scar from the burn. When a man or woman has an infection on the head or chin, the priest must examine the infection. If it appears to be deeper than the skin and the hair on it is yellow and sparse, the priest must pronounce the person unclean. It is a scaly outbreak, a skin disease of the head or chin. When the priest examines the scaly infection, if it does not appear to be deeper than the skin and there is no black hair on it, the priest must quarantine the person with the scaly infection for seven days. The priest will re-examine the infection on the seventh day. If the scaly outbreak has not spread and there is no yellow hair in it, and it does not appear to be deeper than the skin, the person must shave himself but not shave the scaly area. Then the priest must quarantine the person who has the scaly outbreak for another seven days. The priest will examine the scaly outbreak on the seventh day, and if it has not spread on the skin and does not appear to be deeper than the skin, the priest is to pronounce the person clean. He is to wash his clothes and he will be clean. But if the scaly outbreak spreads further on the skin after his cleansing, the priest is to examine the person. If the scaly outbreak has spread on the skin, the priest does not need to look for yellow hair. The person is unclean. But if, as far as the he can see, the scaly outbreak remains unchanged and the black hair has grown in it, then it has healed. He is clean. 
the priest is to pronounce the person clean. When a man or a woman has white spots on the skin of his body, their body, the priest is to make an examination. If the spots on the skin of the body are dull white, it is only a rash that has broken out in the skin. The person is clean. If a man loses the hair of his head, he is bald, but he is clean. Or if he loses the hair at his hairline, he is bald in his forehead, but he is clean. But if there is a reddish-white infection on the bald head or forehead, it is a skin disease breaking out on his head or forehead. The priest is to examine him, and if the swelling of the infection on his bald head or forehead is reddish-white, like the appearance of a skin disease on his body, the man is afflicted with a skin disease. He is unclean. The priest must pronounce him unclean. The infection is on his head. And there we end, randomly, day 48. Day 49, as we continue through a very interesting and weird and wonderful Leviticus. Uh, and this morning we go from 13 through to 15. Begin at 13, verse 45. And we continue with skin diseases. A person afflicted with an infectious skin disease is to have his clothes torn and his hair hanging loose. And he must cover his mouth and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! He will remain unclean as long as he has the infection. He is unclean. He must live alone in a place outside the camp. If a fabric is contaminated with mildew in wool or linen fabric, in the warp or woof of linen or wool, or in leather or anything made of leather, and if the contamination is green or red in the fabric, the leather, the warp, the woof, or any leather article, it is a mildew contamination and is to be shown to the priest. The priest is to examine the contamination and quarantine the contaminated fabric for seven days. The priest is to re-examine the contamination on the seventh day. If it has spread in the fabric, the warp, the woof, or the leather, regardless of how it is used, the contamination is harmful mildew. It is unclean. He is to burn the fabric, the warp or woof in wool or linen, or any leather article which is contaminated. Since it is harmful mildew, it must be burned up. When the priest examines it, if the contamination has not spread in the fabric, the warp or woof, or any leather article, the priest is to order whatever is contaminated to be washed and quarantined for another seven days. After it has been washed, the priest is to re-examine the contamination if the appearance of the contaminated article has not changed, it is unclean. Even though the contamination has not spread, you must burn up the fabric. It is a fungus on the front or back of the fabric. If the priest examines it and the contamination has faded after it has been washed, he must cut the contaminated section out of the fabric, the leather, or the warp or woof. But if it reappears in the fabric, the warp or woof, or any leather article, it has broken out again. You must burn up whatever is contaminated. But if the contamination disappears from the fabric, the warp or woof, or any leather article, which have been washed, it is to be washed again and it will be clean. This is the law concerning a mildew contamination in wool or linen fabric, warp or woof, or any leather article, in order to pronounce it clean or unclean. The Lord spoke to Moses, This is the law concerning the person afflicted with a skin disease on the day of his cleansing. He is to be brought to the priest, who will go outside the camp and examine him. If the skin disease has disappeared from the afflicted person, the priest will order that two live clean birds, cedarwood, scarlet yarn and hyssop, be brought for the one who is to be cleansed. Then the priest will order that one of the birds be slaughtered over fresh water in a clay pot. He is to take the live bird together with the cedarwood, scarlet, excuse me, scarlet yarn and hyssop, 
and dip them all into the blood of the bird that was slaughtered over the fresh water. He will then sprinkle the blood seven times on the one who is to be cleansed from the skin disease. He is to pronounce him clean and release the live bird over the open countryside. The one who is to be cleansed must wash his clothes, shave off all his hair and bathe with water. He is clean. Afterwards he may enter the camp but he must remain outside his tent for seven days. He is to shave off all his hair again on the seventh day, his head, his beard, his eyebrows and the rest of his hair. He is to wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. He is clean. On the eighth day he must take two unblemished male lambs, an unblemished year old ewe lamb, a grain offering of three quarts of fine flour mixed with olive oil and one third of a quart of olive oil. The priest who performs the cleansing will place the person who is to be cleansed together with these offerings before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest is to take one male lamb and present it as a restitution offering along with the one third quart of olive oil and he must wave them as a presentation offering before the Lord. He is to slaughter the male lamb at the place in the sanctuary area where the sin offering and burnt offering are slaughtered. For like the sin offering, the restitution offering belongs to the priest. It is especially holy. The priest is to take some of the blood from the restitution offering and put it on the lobe of the right ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Then the priest will take some of the one-third of a quart of olive oil and pour it into his left palm. The priest will dip his right finger into the oil in his left palm and sprinkle some of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. From the oil remaining in his his palm, the priest will put some on the lobe of his right ear of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot, on top of the blood of the restitution offering. What is left of the oil in the priest's palm is to put on the head of the one to be cleansed. In this way the priest will make atonement for him before the Lord. The priest must sacrifice the sin offering and make atonement for the one to be purified from his uncleanness. Afterwards he will slaughter the burnt offering. The priest is to offer the burnt offering and the grain offering on the altar. The priest will make atonement for him and he will be clean. But if he is poor and cannot afford these... He is to take one male lamb for a restitution offering to be waved in order to make atonement for him, along with two quarts of fine flour mixed with olive oil for a grain offering, one third of a quart of olive oil, and two turtle doves or two young pigeons, whatever he can afford, one to be a sin offering and the other a burnt offering. On the eighth day he is to bring these things for his cleansing to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting before the Lord. The priest will take the male lamb for the restitution offering and the one-third of a quart of olive oil, and wave them as a presentation offering before the Lord. After he slaughters the male lamb for the restitution offering, the priest is to take some of the blood of the restitution offering and put it on the right earlobe of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand, and on the big toe of his right foot. Then the priest will pour some of the oil into his left palm. With his right finger the priest will sprinkle some of the oil in his left palm seven times before the Lord. The priest will also put some of the oil in his palm on the right earlobe of the one to be cleansed, on the thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot, on the same place as the blood of the restitution offering. What is left of the oil in the priest's palm he is to put on the head of the one to be cleansed, to make atonement for him before the Lord. He must then sacrifice one type of what he can afford, either the turtle doves or young pigeons. 
One is a sin offering and the other is a burnt offering, sacrificing what he can afford together with the grain offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement before the Lord for the one to be cleansed. This is the law for someone who has a skin disease and cannot afford the cost of his cleansing. The Lord spoke to Aaron and Moses, When you enter the land of Canaan that I am giving you as a possession, and I place a mildew contamination in a house in the land you possess, the owner of the house is to come and tell the priest, Something like mildew contamination has appeared in my house. The priest must order them to clear the house before he enters, to examine the contamination, so that nothing in the house becomes unclean. Afterwards the priest will come to examine the house. He will examine it, and if the contamination in the walls of the house consists of green or red indentations that appear to be beneath the surface of the wall, the priest is to go outside the house to its doorway and quarantine the house for seven days. The priest is to return on the seventh day and examine it. If the contamination has spread on the walls of the house, the priest must order that the stones with the contamination be pulled out and thrown into an unclean place outside the city. He is to have the inside of the house completely scraped, and the plaster that is scraped off must be dumped in an unclean place outside the city. Then they must take different stones to replace the former ones, and take additional plaster to replaster the house. If a contamination reappears in the house after the stones have been pulled out, and after the house has been scraped and replastered, the priest must come and examine it. If the contamination has spread in the house, it is harmful mildew, the house is unclean, it must be torn down with its stones, its beams and all its plaster and taken outside the city to an unclean place. Whoever enters the house during any of the days the priest quarantines it will be unclean until evening. Whoever lies down in the house is to wash his clothes and whoever eats in it is to wash his clothes. But when the priest comes and examines it, if the contamination has not spread in the house after it was replastered, he is to pronounce the house clean because the contamination has disappeared. He is to take two birds, cedar wood, scarlet yarn and hyssop, to purify the house, and he is to slaughter one of the birds over a clay pot containing fresh water. He will take the cedar wood, the hyssop, the scarlet yarn and the live bird, dip them in the blood of the slaughtered bird and the fresh water, and sprinkle the house seven times. He will purify the house with the blood of the bird, the fresh water, the live bird, the cedar wood, the hyssop and the scarlet yarn. Then he is to release the live bird into the open countryside outside the city. In this way he will make atonement for the house and it will be clean. This is the law for any skin disease or mildew, for a scaly outbreak, for mildew in clothing, clothing or on a house, and for a swelling, scab or spot, to determine when something is clean or unclean. This is the law regarding skin disease and mildew. The Lord spoke to Aaron and Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them, When any man has a discharge from a body, he is unclean. This is uncleanness of his discharge. Whenever his body secretes the discharge or retains it, he is unclean. All the days that his body secretes or retains anything because of his discharge, he is unclean. Any bed the man with the discharge lies on will be unclean, and any furniture he sits on will be unclean. Anyone who touches his bed is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. Whoever sits on furniture that the man has with the discharge was sitting on is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. Whoever touches the body of the man with the discharge is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. 
If the man with the discharge spits on anyone who is clean, he is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. Any saddle the man with the discharge rides on will be unclean. Whoever touches anything that was under him will be unclean until evening, and whoever it carries such things is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. If the man with the discharge touches anyone without first rinsing his hands in water, the person who was touched is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. Any clay pot that the man with the discharge touches must be broken, while any wooden utensil must be rinsed with water. When the man with the discharge has been cured of it, he is to count seven days for his cleansing, wash his clothes and bathe his water. I'll start that sentence again. He is to count seven days for his cleansing, wash his clothes and bathe his body in fresh water. Try saying that quickly three times. He will be clean. He must take two turtle doves or two young pigeons on the eighth day, come before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting and give them to the priest. The priest is to sacrifice them, one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for him before the Lord because of his discharge. When a man has an emission of semen, he is to bathe himself completely with water and he will remain unclean until evening. Any clothing or leather on which there is an emission of semen must be washed with water and it will remain unclean until evening. If a man sleeps with a woman and has an emission of semen, both of them are to bathe with water and they will remain unclean until evening. When a woman has a discharge and it consists of blood from her body, she will be unclean because of her menstruation for seven days. Everyone who touches her will be unclean until evening. Anything she lies on during her menstruation will become unclean, and anything she sits on will become unclean. Everyone who touches her bed is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. Everyone who touches any furniture she was sitting on is to wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. If discharge is on the bed or the furniture she was sitting on, when he touches it he will be unclean until evening. If a man sleeps with her and blood from her menstruation gets on him, he will be unclean for seven days, and every bed he lies on will become unclean. When a woman has a discharge of her blood for many days, though it is not the time of her menstruation, or if she has a discharge beyond her period, she will be unclean all the days of her unclean discharge as she is during the days of her menstruation. Any bed she lies on during the days of her discharge will be like her bed during menstrual impurity. Any furniture she sits on will be unclean as in her menstrual period. Everyone who touches them will be unclean. He must wash his clothes and bathe with water, and he will remain unclean until evening. When she is cured of her discharge, she is to count seven days, and after that she will be clean. On the eighth day she must take two turtle doves or two young pigeons and bring them to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting. The priest is to sacrifice one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering. In the same way the priest will make atonement for her because the Lord, before the Lord because of her unclean discharge. You must keep the Israelites from their uncleanness so that they do not die by defiling my tabernacle that is among them. That's, this is the law for someone with a discharge a man who has an omission of semen becoming unclean by it, a woman who is in her menstrual period, anyone who has a discharge, whether male or female, and a man who sleeps with an unclean woman. There we end, day 49.